wouldn't steal, <laughs> wouldn't steal a, a handbag. You wouldn't steal a DVD. Pirating pirate is stealing. Yeah, piracy is not stealing. Piracy is not a victimless crime. Welcome to another episode of We Explain Movies. I'm Kimmy. I'm Kayleen. And I'm Courtney. And this is the podcast where three best friends submerge you in a cesspool of spoilers as we explain, rate slash review, and decide whether or not to see the latest and greatest or most beloved classics of film. Since this is a cesspool for spoilers, this week we'll be talking all about the movie Jolene starring Jessica Chastain. That's right! If you haven't seen it, then tune out and tune back in once you have, or else we're going to spoil the whole movie. For other spoiler timestamps, check out our Instagram and Twitter at WeExplainMovies. Here's how it goes. We're going to start off with things we watched this week, move on to some movie-related questions, followed by the explanation, and we're going to close out with some watchlist ads and recommendations. <laughs> Woo! Has anyone seen Jolie? <laughs> uh, I have! <laughs> No, I really don't think anybody has seen it. Let's get these listeners Did Jessica psyched watch it? <laughs> by saying other things that are pop culture related. <laughs> and that being our movies we've watched this week. Yeah, what did you watch this week? Um, well, should we start it off with our big Shia LaBeouf section? Because we have a weirdly big Shia LaBeouf section yes. this week. Shia time. You want me to start? Shia time. You should probably start. I, I took the biggest chunk out of the Shia LaBeouf train, I yeah. think. Yeah, Okay, Eating so... Eating all the bodies. <laughs> I fucking love that video. I know that entire song. Do you really? You're my best friend. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I bookmarked that song on my computer under the title, If Ever You're Sad. And so if you, still, if you still open my Safari and you click that, it takes you to the Rob Cantor... Shia LaBeouf song. Oh, that's yes. good. The first yeah. time I watched it, I, I finished it, and I was like, that is art. I oh, remember. no, I, I liked it when it was just a SoundCloud song. There was it's, no music video. Really? There was, there was no music video. Someone Whoa. made it without... That's how it started, and then years later, he found out about it, and, and then he's he joined in, in on the meme. Oh, my yeah. God. It was just a song. He I, does the fucking rosebud... Um, <laughs> clapping? Clapping at the end of oh, the yeah. video. It's yeah. amazing. Yes. That's, That's my only. favorite Shia movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, here's what I watched. I watched American Honey. I watched Nymphomaniac Parts 1 and 2. Don't care to hear about which that. Are, they're both three-hour movies, so that Whoa. was a lot of Nymphomania that I had to endure. <laughs> That's too much. Um, I watched Fury, which was a rewatch. I've already seen that before. Oh, I really Fury. love it. And then Courtney and I went and saw Peanut Butter Falcon, which, Kayleen, I guess you also went and saw it separately. I did. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, what what would you like to know? What talk, would you like to know about Talk wonderful to us about the Shia. American Honey, and then we'll all talk about Peanut Butter Falcon. Yeah. It, so, I don't remember it super well, but it's about the magazine kids in the Midwest and Texas. They're just, like, this group of kids. It's, like, not just this specific group. It happens a lot in the culture. It's just a bunch of burnt-out kids who don't have jobs, and a lot of them are on drugs, and a lot of them are abandoned by their families or they're too poor to, you know, for their families to take care of them. And they get wrapped up in these these um, caravans of people and go to door-to-door trying to peddle Oh, okay. And um, it's, uh, I think her name is Star, is the lead character, and she's from The Miseducation of Cameron Post. Yeah. Mm. And she's the lead, and she gets hooked up with this group of the magazine kids or whatever. And Shia LaBeouf is, like, one of the head salesmen there, and she kind of falls in love with him. And it's really, really slice of life. Like, not a lot of action happens. It, we're just watching her kind of go through this, like, drunken, drug-induced kind of 
everyday life, which is actually better than the life that she came from before, which was abuse and neglect. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, just like the trials and tribulations of, you know, having to be like a young teenage girl kind of living on her own and fending for herself with this other like vagabond group of kids. Cool. Anyways, Shia LaBeouf is great in it as well. I just love him. Yeah, he's good. I think he's great. I know that he's got some issues. <laughs> it I, makes that me makes good. me like him even more. Yeah. Honey Boy seems I cannot wait yeah. for a Honey Boy. Yeah. But yeah, he's got like a rat tail in it. That's really all. <laughs> Should we all give like a quick thing about uh, Peanut Butter Falcon? Yeah. Yes. So let's say I would rate it a seven. I would rate it a five. I would rate it like a five or a four. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I was not on that train. I thought it was <laughs> okay. really... You didn't take a bite out of that. I did not take ass. a bite out of that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he knocks out of the park with everything. He's just like so committed. Yeah. Regardless yes. of what the film is. A lot, I would like, say that the acting from all three of them um, was Very great. strong. Yeah. I just think that that script was garbage. Yeah. I felt like it was made by one of those things where you feed it a whole bunch of A24 oh, yeah, scripts. Yeah, yeah. And then like a you, robot made Like it. a robot. And then you're mm-hmm. like, come up with an indie film, please. Mm-hmm. And it's like, a guy with Down syndrome escapes. He meets a guy who crawfishes. <laughs> yeah. And then the two of them are on the run. Who's going to come across them but, like, a blind old man who's going to baptize them in a river? <laughs> also, make sure you give them tragic backstories things. Oh, yeah. The, the woman who you thought was just a woman? Nope. She's a widow. Really? <laughs> and also, she's the organized one. And, and there's rules. And there's rules you have to follow in society, you guys, Shia. But you're she's a bad boy, so I'm going to kiss your I dirty she, mouth. Right? literally says that. She goes, you can't just do this. There's there's rules that you have to follow. That's a line I'm like, wow. Oh, great. And he's like, Best I'll rub peanut butter all over this kid's face if I feel like <laughs> It'll be it. just like a vine. <laughs> also, I think that they cheapened a lot of the really climactic stuff with, like, really shitty special effects for some reason. Like, there's this part where Oh, the yeah, kid, that was atrocious. Yeah. He yeah. lifts this massive oh, guy yeah. over his head, and it's clear that he's on strings. And, or, and like, transposed him, on him or something. Yeah. He throws him comically far. And I yeah. was like, what... Is the vibe? I thought right it would have been amazing if, to spoil Peanut Butter Falcon, he ends We've up. already done. So. Yeah, he ends up in a in an actual. Is it called wrestling, boxing? It's like one of those WWE type matches. The ring. He ends up in yeah. a ring, and it, I thought it would have been great if all he did was punch him clear across the face, maybe knock out a tooth, maybe knock him unconscious. But instead, they were like, "No, he's gonna pick up somebody three times yeah. his size and launch him, and it's gonna be like a like a godsend moment. I didn't believe yeah. it. You know what else it I was? I know I wasn't supposed to believe it, but it was stupid. I yeah. think there was just a lot of caricatures. It was like... because a computer wrote it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did like... Yeah, it, it's a bummer because it felt like all the... It was really one of those movies where, to me, all the pieces were there, but it just didn't quite get tied together. I agree. And I thought I would cry for sure because the trailer made both Kimmy and I cry, and yeah. I just didn't feel emotional at all, really. I went into it without seeing a trailer, so I was like, why are they all in the swamp? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's Miss Swamp. And then going from <laughs> get there... Out, get out, Miss Swamp. <laughs> going from there... I watched Holes, which still ha- holds up, even oh, though it's like holes. intended. Great. It's a kid, like it is technically a kids movie, and it is a young adult book. And it's gosh, that's got that's a really good book to movie adaptation. I think yeah. it's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, it's is great. that the Shia section? Good mm-hmm. job, old Shia. We have closed the Shia section. Now what? I'll talk about the the much smaller, but the Sam section, which is two movies. I watched The Way Way Back because I showed it to Riley. Oh, and, love her. Um, yeah, so that was fun. 
as people who have been listening to this know, Riley's not a huge movie person, but I think I'm, like, getting her... She's kind of starting to be one. Not, she really sounds like she's getting like, an education. Yeah, <laughs> right? I'm, I feel very... I feel like I'm teaching a child who doesn't watch movies. Like, this is something you like. <laughs> so I think that she kind of went into it knowing this is a Sam movie, so she's got to like it to a degree type yeah. of a thing, even though it is a really good movie. At the end of it... Probably because she sees me, like, geeking out every time he does anything. But she's like, I thought that he was funny in the movie, but I feel like I would hate that guy in real life. The guy mm. who can't be straight and always right. is cracking jokes. I was like, that's fair. Well, he works I'm at like, a water park. <laughs> yeah, he works at a water park. But I'm like, but for the movie, I just can't stop smiling. He's so cute. Yeah. Um, so we watched that. And then I also watched Choke. Like I said, I wanted wow, to. Wow, look at you. And um, it was really fun to watch after having read the book now because there are some changes. Um, This is a spoiler for Choke, but one of my favorite things that they changed, even though I do like this in the book, is that the girl that he likes, she the twist is that she ends up not being a nurse. She's actually a patient, and that's also the twist in the book. But in the book, she has this whole thing where she's like, I came here from the future, like, they think I'm crazy, and then he comes back later, and she never got taken back to the future like she thought she was supposed to, so so she realizes she is crazy, and it's sad, and I like that, it is good, but in the movie they change it to kind of give her, they, they imply that she tried to commit suicide, and that people found her in her room after she had been there for three days by herself. And it's like this, it's basically talking about how her, kind of that school drove her mad for her like trying to be perfect at everything. And then, um, yeah, it's really sad. And it's like a lot more emotional because it seems a little bit more real and less just, oh, I thought I was not crazy and I am. It's, she fully admits that she has a problem and it's super sad. I, I, I don't know if the adaptation itself is all that great, but like in comparison to the book, but I, I enjoy it. So you like the book more? The, yeah, the book is way better. Uh, yeah. The other thing I wanted to say is that there was a Chuck Palahniuk cameo. He's, like, on the airplane with Sam, <laughs> and the last time we watched it, I don't think I knew what he looked like, so How I didn't notice. How tight was his shirt? <laughs> Probably very tight. He was, guess what he was doing? He was, like, he was either reading or writing on his laptop. Oh, I was gonna say, was he lifting weights? <laughs> <laughs> What's Those up, arms. <laughs> That guy's arms. Yeah. Remember when he choked us? Yes. <laughs> oh, for listeners, we met Chuck Palahniuk at a book signing, and... He <laughs> fighting like, or choking. Yeah. Two poses picked out to do the thing. Yeah, like all we wanted to do was take because you got to take a picture with him, and he he just you would walk up to him and he would go fighting or choking, and he would ask you that dead on, and he was either gonna choke you or punch you, and yeah. that was what you could do for the photo op. Yeah, uh, and I also did we like, all choose choking? I chose choking because I wanted his arm around my neck. I I, <laughs> I like I kept saying I, we the entire time we were in line we just made up hypotheticals on how it would go, yeah. and, like for fun. And, uh, we were super nervous. Uh, yeah. I was, like, actually peeing. <laughs> um, the other thing I wanted to briefly talk about is that I watched that movie Accidental Love. What is with that? With Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh. His so first movie. And it was, again, I watched that with Riley. And, um, yikes, guys. Not even worth watching. Wow. Like, not even funny bad. Just, like, it was the most shocking to find out it was made in, like, 2014. Definitely seems like it was made in maybe 2002, because it's so bad, and I don't know why such famous actors signed up for it. It's so weird. Because David O. Russell, very famous director. What was happening? I don't know. (laughs) 
So weird. I think weird. he gave up on it in the middle. I don't know if he completed the direction of it, but the fact that he signed on in the beginning, the fact that any of them signed on, is ludicrous. And it, it like, the whole time was trying to convince you that it had heart, and you're no. like, what is... Mm. Going on. I'm watch and then it. they were like, we're a political movie. And I was like, you're not that either. I <laughs> Wow, it was very strange. We can move on to you, and then if we have overlapping stuff, we can talk about those. Sure. Um, I'll get my overlaps out of the way because I watched something with Kimmy, mm-hmm. mm. and it was amazing. Yeah. We watched Chernobyl. Yeah. Right. Thank you, podcast friend Aaron. Uh, check out their guest star episode on Repo. Holy smokes. We watched it in one sitting. Yeah. We had the time of our lives. We could not stop watching it. It's like five hours of ep- of watching that we just sat down and did. I've heard Hardcore. a lot of good recommendations for it now. Oh, I think so, I'll watch it. It was good. so good because we watched the pilot a long time ago and we were like, I don't really want to do this. Nope. And we were like, all right, sign off on that. And then Aaron, you know, we yeah. recommended it to us and we're like, okay. The second episode was just a banger. And so hard. we couldn't stop. Oh my gosh. The, the finale of the second episode will make you not want to get up yeah. until it's done. Ooh, because ugh. of how the second episode ends, you're like, I gotta know what's gonna happen by the end of this whole show. So shooting. I have to set a, a side of day, or else I'm gonna just want to I die. because it was just so captivating. You're you're just, you, you have to know how this is gonna end. It's, it's this whirlwind that just takes place, and it is shocking and scary and... Jarring and visceral, and I loved it. Everybody's performance is amazing. Yeah, and Kimmy and I would do a little, like, salute or nod to each other every time they said comrade. Yeah, (laughs) we play a drinking game with it, so. (laughs) It was like comrade, (laughs) and uh, that was really fun. So, Chernobyl, highly recommend. Um, Other things that overlapped is with Kayleen. Kayleen and I got um, an early press screening <laughs> through We Explain Movies. I'm just kidding. Through just dumb luck. Kimmy's like kind of looking like, excuse me, what was I not invited to? I'll, I'll tell you about another one too after this. Um, no, Kimmy and I got, I'm sorry, Kayleen and I, not Kimmy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the FOMO was real. Yeah, the FOMO was real. Kayleen and I got early tickets to Britney Runs a Marathon and it was, I liked it. I liked it. I also went in with pretty mediocre expectations oh, though. Big time and mediocre. that's why I think I liked it. Yep. Yeah. Um, it made me go running. I went running the next day. Yeah, that's <laughs> cool. exciting. And, yeah, I would, if you, if you need a feel-good movie, but also kind of like, ugh, it got to me at times. Yes. It really got to yeah. me. Uh, it's got some, some deep messages in it that I was like, no. It definitely, <laughs> I'm gonna try to say this in a way that doesn't sound like a pretentious asshole, but, uh, like, a year ago, you guys know this, of course, but for listeners, I was super into running for a hot minute because, um, honestly, because somebody pushed me to do it with them. And so I was doing it for a while, but, like, I didn't know anything about... I mean, it, it seems so simple. It's like running is just lifting your feet. Like, we all know how to run. But at the same time, there's, like, you know, ways to train that are better for your body. And I just didn't... I, I never considered myself, like, super into it, even when I was doing it all the time. And um, there's a part in the movie where she she says, and other people say to her, you're not a real runner. And literally anytime I would talk to people about running, I was like, well, I'm not a real runner. Aww. And it's like, it's just kind of sad to, to watch this and see that because you feel, you almost feel, I think when you start to do something like that with your life, you feel like a poser. It's like, mm-hmm. and, and I just felt very connected to the character with the beginning of her journey and how she's like really trying to make this change, but she 
doesn't feel like, in a way, she's allowed to. It's like, that's not what they've coined me to be. And not that I felt that so drastically, but it just, it always felt like, I'm doing this thing, but it's just for fun. Like, I'm not encroaching on the runner's territory. You know what? Soapbox time. (laughs) Yeah, that resonates so, I think it, it should resonate with everybody because... If you do something, you are a real that something. Yeah. yeah. There was this great. Don't let terrible, people put you down. You yeah. know what? That just means they're scared you're gonna get fucking better than them. Of course, because there was this horrible yet great subplot in it where her roommate slash supposed best friend just put her down constantly. And I leaned over to Kayleen during the movie and I was like, <laughs> "Let's start talking to each other this way." <laughs> Completely kidding, but yeah. like, yeah. What if? What if someone was always that actual voice in your head saying, mm-hmm. "You're not a real this. You're not good at this. Yeah. You're not a writer. You're not an actor. You're mm-hmm. not this." And all even it's the terrible. compliments were backhanded. It oh, would be yeah. like you know, like all of us write to varying degrees. It would be like if I showed you a show, a short story and you're like, "That was good." Like a real author might have done this with it. It's <laughs> like, yeah, time to set that on fire, Kayleen. It's yeah. never gonna make it anywhere. <laughs> like that's fun. You did that for fun, but don't try to put surround it surround yourself with better people. Is yeah. what I'm yeah. getting at. You are all real, whatever you wants yeah. to be. You are the thing when you say you're the thing. Ooh, yeah. 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 I am what I am. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Moving forward on what I've watched, um, don't get mad at me, but I got uh, into another one of those early screenings last night. <gasps> oh, to see no. the goldfinch. You saw the goldfinch? I saw the goldfinch. Oh, you can't say anything. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. By the time this episode's come out, come out, it'll have already been in theaters for a no, weekend. for me. Yeah, for you. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> okay. Um, guess what? What? It's got the worst reviews ever. Really? It has horrible reviews. Oh, did That's you true? like it? So for the first film festival it was at, it had a 0%. Why? <laughs> Everyone hates it. What did you hate it? it? No! And huh. right now it's at a 27%. It is certified rotten. Uh, I've read so many hysterical articles. Um, and that's the funny thing, too, is following a bunch of, like, book blogs and a bunch of um, film blogs, too, like... People are like, this is the worst garbage ever made. It's straight up Oscar bait. It's terrible. Nothing good ever happens. It's just an awful journey through someone's life. And then everyone who read the book is like, yeah, babe, that's the book. Is this going to be your pick for the Life Story movie? (laughs) It's going to be an honorable mention. Okay. So anyways, uh, it's not a fun time. Obviously, I read the book and I loved the book. And then it's just, it's not a fun time. It's it's going through a, a, a child who survives a terrorist attack and loses his mother. Goes through, you know, bouncing across homes and um, is like on the lam for doing something they shouldn't have done. And dealing with that internal turmoil of maybe I made the wrong choices in life. It's great. Hmm. <laughs> I liked the movie a lot. Interesting. And it was visually stunning. I, I haven't seen anything this good in a while. Yes. Roger Deakins, Through baby. the critics. Interesting. Mm. And fun fact from Donna Tartt, who won a, a Pulitzer Prize for it, and she wrote the book. The movie got made, and the director was like, do you want to come on set? Do you want to, to be involved in the script? And she was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> She's just a cool cat, guys. Okay. I love her so much. She was like, no thanks. And then just like, whisked away and was just hanging out with <laughs> That's her. That's not why I write. With her ugly pug in her New York City apartment and she only wears suits and she's got this crazy haircut like Claire from Fleabag. <laughs> and I love her. Okay. Gang. Here are the re- movie related questions for Jolene. Bum, bum, bum. Number one. What is your favorite life story movie? 
spanning many years of their life and just like cool. the events that happen in their life. Can I go first? Please. My answer is Forrest Gump. Fuck. Oh no, was that your answer, Kimmy? Yes. <laughs> oh, that didn't even cross my mind. Uh, it's like the Oh. <laughs> wow, that one did not come across my mind. I I had, to, I had to search far and wide, but I was like, oh my gosh, it's so easy. Uh, did you have an honorable mention? No, it's Forrest Gump. <laughs> oh, please just both talk about that. Go for it. So you would have had a hard time looking for other ones. I just didn't have to look it up. Oh my this god. This is really making me laugh. I did not think of that movie at all. It's great. It's making me happy because I searched far and low and Kimmy was like, this was easy. I thought it was the go-to. Apparently, it it was. Yeah, no, that's a great choice. It's great. It's it's so every time it's on the TV, I'm like, oh, guess where I'm gonna be for three hours? You know, like doesn't matter what point the movie is at, just have to watch it. Love it so much. Say as much as you want about it. I just have to watch it. I have to watch it when it's on because I want to see the speech that he does at the end about Aww. Jenny. <laughs> it's so beautiful. <laughs> it's like, it's just so great. Kimmy's literally crying. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, <laughs> it's just so beautiful and Tom Hanks is great. <laughs> I'm done. I'm dying over here. I've seen you like get emotional in the podcast but I've never seen you cry. It's just such a great um, yeah, I, th- I definitely, the emotional stuff is Screams Kimmy, it's r- written all over it. Ugh. There's, and there's a lot in that movie to be upset about. Like, yeah. a lot, a lot goes wrong, but then a lot goes right. Yes. In, and some goes right in a wrong way. We should do that as a Simply Spoiler someday. Oh my gosh. Ooh. Just every time I watch it, I recognize something new. You mm-hmm. know, it's like one mm-hmm. of those movies where it will never get old, you know? Yeah. Forrest Gump. Yeah. Snaps to Forrest Gump. Mm. Um, so yes, my answer is Forrest Gump, and, uh, of course, Robert Zemeckis movie, which is so sick. Can't compliment that guy enough. Um, <laughs> also, Tom Hanks is just a treasure. Everything mm-hmm. that he does, mm-hmm. I'm just, just there for it. I always think of Lieutenant Dan as Lieutenant Dan and anything I see him in. I'm like, right? that's Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> <laughs> and he's in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I love that we get to follow him for so long, and I like the cheesy happiness of it all. Because why not? Mm-hmm. Yes, why not? Yeah, <laughs> you Some get of the to larger than life stuff. The happy like, face. Yeah. Have you guys yeah. been to a Bubba Gump's? Yes. Yeah. Right. I actually <laughs> am super into it, and I know that their food. Everyone is like, it's so so, which is probably true. But I love the experience. Why you go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you go because. Everyone's wearing, like, hats and, like, running gear, and they there's yes. trivia on the table. You go they... because you're in San Francisco, and you want to tell people to stop when you want something. Nice. Um, I just think that the story, I don't know, it's just one of those movies that makes you feel good. Yeah, and course. the whole time, you're just rooting for this character to be happy, and it really, it's a very character study movie, where you're just kind of following him along and you hope that things work out, even though things haven't been super easy for this guy. They haven't. All the hardships that he faces. Right. Mm-hmm. But he's always optimistic. Yeah. You know? Like a pleasant ignorance. Even know? when Jenny doesn't treat him right. Right. Still loves her. That part where he asks her if his son is smart. Oh. <laughs> <That's> so good. 
Stop. Uh, I'm gonna cry now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm infecting you. Yeah, you are. Alright, you can go now, Courtney. I don't want to have an answer now. You both had Forrest Gump. Well, My answer's Forrest Gump. Is it really? It's no. not. What is but it? But that was just, I don't know. Someday I want us all to have the same choice. That'd be great. Yeah. Except um, we would all like, die in a brawl. About my choices. That, went, that went pretty well for you. There was no <laughs> yeah. brawl. You, you both shared that eloquently. Um... I just want to talk more about, I, I'm just, I have just mad respect for him and I just can't believe what happened. And I just want to say that my favorite life story is that of Alan Turing in The Imitation Game. I oh, I never saw that. that. And that's the thing is I, I thought neither of you had seen it. So that's no. why I'm mad I didn't pick something you both had seen like Forrest Gump <laughs> or Big Fish. But The Imitation Game... Please watch it. I was I, gonna say please. I don't know if I want you to spoil it. I'm not gonna. Heard I don't want to spoil about. it. But okay. but we do see. And I was kind of thinking. I was like, do we see them in their younger years? And a thousand percent, yes, we do. And he's played by Alex Lothar from End of the Fucking World. Oh. And the Black Mirror episode Shut Up and Dance. Nice. And if you just think him plus Benedict Cumberbatch, and if you just think about maybe the little eccentricities that both of them are gonna have. Nailed it right on the head from like, like his young boarding school days to Alan Turing. I like that actor a lot. Oh, yes. I love him. Mm-hmm. Yes, and literally saving the world, literally ending World War II. Like that's just from a historical standpoint. Alan Turing saved millions of lives. He did so much, and uh, just he was not rewarded for it. It's just terrible. I'm not going to spoil the movie, but boy, is it just, it, I, I bawled my eyes out in the theater for that. Oh. That was one where the credits started rolling and I could not stop crying. Oh, I'm excited. And oh, damn. I loved it. Please watch The Imitation Game. That, That's my okay. favorite life story right that there. That was one of those movies where it came out, it was, it was one that was high on my list during Oscar buzz dynamite and Oscar year. out. Yeah. Because I didn't see it, you know? Like, mm-hmm. there's just movies like that where you're like, I gotta see this before the Oscars, and then if you don't, you kind of forget about them. Mm-hmm. So, that's cool I thought they to get a recommendation well for it. Alright, second question. Who is an older actor, specifically <laughs> a male actor, who is over twice your age that you would bang? Ooh, that <laughs> means Courtney has to pick someone a little older than Kimmy and I do. Leave me alone! <laughs> I'm a little bit older than you! It's not that much! <laughs> you know what, Kayleen? <laughs> I'm gonna go first! Because <laughs> my choice is John C. Oh, Riley. Oh, nice. yeah. <laughs> I always forget about that. I yeah. love him. He is my celebrity crush. I get that Jakey boy's up there on my list, but John is there too, and he always has <laughs> Ever since Chicago, which I watched on an airplane when I was like 10 years old. Really? And you were like into it? I mean, I was 10. I don't know if I was into it or not. <laughs> but looking back, I'm like, yes, I love you and I support you. I Who mean, is he playing Chicago, Mr. Sullivan? Of course. Oh. <laughs> of course. <laughs> he was Oscar nominated for that role. Is he really? I mean, I've never seen Oh, the movie. Yeah, yeah, I've never I've seen se- the movie. I've never seen the movie. I've only seen the play. Guys, please watch it. It's amazing. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I've heard it's the one of the best movie Didn't musical. Didn't it win Best Picture? It won Best Picture. And he was nominated for Best Actor in a Supporting Role. And I adore him. I, he can get it. <laughs> he looks like a giant baby. <laughs> he does look like a giant baby. And that's just something you like about him. <laughs> but I've seen him really rock a hat. And he tickles my funny bone. I think 
He tickles more than that. He really takes a bite out of that cannibal's ass. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I think he's the funniest person. Walk Hard is one of my favorite movies. I can't stop laughing when I watch it. He's so talented. Guys, he's a musician. He can sing. He can act. Do you act. know with what movie you were like, I'm, that's a bonable guy? Because obviously when you... walk hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So, I love John C. Riley. Don't at me. I love him. <laughs> I'm sure someone's going to come out of the woodworks and be like, me too. <laughs> and I'll be like, get away from me. <laughs> that's my boy. Cool. I love him. You, you can me? go, Kimmy. Want me to go? Yeah. Okay. My answer is Vigo Mortensen. Okay. Yeah. You could tap that. So good. I let him tap that. Yes. <laughs> he's great. You know how old he is? Fucking 60. Whoa. No, he's not. He's 60, you guys. Okay, let me get a picture of what he looks like now. Maybe I'll change my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I don't care how old he gets. I thought he was fine in Captain You can't Fantastic. pretend he still looks like Hidalgo, all right? <laughs> yeah, did you see I'm sorry, book? <laughs> your go-to for Rico Mortensen is Hidalgo? It's literally been my go-to since I was a child. Okay, I'm like Lord of the Rings. Okay? My go-to No, I thought Hidalgo first. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is. Kimmy's going to get mad at you me. You don't know what Hidalgo is? I don't, but you're going to get mad at me for this. My go-to with Vigo Mortensen he used to be V for Vendetta. <laughs> He used to... No, he's not. Exactly. <laughs> Before I realized that was Hugo Weaving. Oh my Those god, such drastically different people. <laughs> Their names are both stupid. <laughs> Hugo Mortensen. <laughs> Vigo Weaving. That's funny. Oh, man. So anyways, I think Captain yeah. Fantastic, but I get what you think. Yeah, oh, me and Vigo would have a ranch and we would just pet horses and fucking the hay. Thinking, okay. thinking about what he looks like in Green Book, like... That's funny. Alright, we know what Kayleen's is. Yeah, so here's the thing. My my cop-out answer is Sam Rockwell because he's twice my age and, like, why would I not pick Sam Rockwell? He's oh, exactly dang. 50 and I'm not even he's technically 25 for a week. By the time this comes 50. out, I'll be 25. Huh? He's 50? Yeah. Dang. So he is twice my age even when I turn 25. Anyway, <laughs> uh, how could I not pick him because I love him so, so dearly and it's... Like, yes, I think he's adorable, and I think he's, like, still attractive to this day, but, um, it's so heavily personality-based. He just seems like the coolest guy, but to not be a biased hoe, my other answer would be, um, John Slattery, because that's a sexy man. For the Cor- Courtney viewers. is nodding because she wants to bang him, too. Could you, sorry, you just said it, but for those listeners who don't know who that is, can you give a couple examples? So, to me, and I think to a lot of people... You should know who John Slattery is. I, I wouldn't know him by name. I'm surprised you don't know him by name. Gabby you know Solis' husband in Desperate Housewives. That's not oh. her husband. <laughs> her husband, that's not her husband. In Desperate Housewives? No. Her husband I'm gonna just... kill you. Yeah, Carlos. After Carlos, when they get divorced, she marries him. <laughs> I'm gonna kill you. Don't come at me with facts about Desperate Housewives. He dies in the tornado and Carlos is blinded in the same tornado and then Gabby gets back with Carlos. (laughs) I literally know nothing about Desperate Housewives. Kimmy's like (laughs) covering her face and Kayleen is pointing at me. Okay, kudos to you though because I definitely was in and out on Desperate Housewives. (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't. I'm a diehard fan. (laughs) I'm a housewifer. Is that it? Is that what they call it? We call ourselves desperados. <laughs> oh, no. Um, 
some people might know him from Desperate Housewives. I originally, technically I originally know him from Marvel as um, Iron Man's dad, but, like, I didn't really ever, that didn't stick with me because he's such a small part in those movies, but in Mad Men, he's a really big part. He plays Roger Sterling, and he's, gosh, he's good in that role. He's, like, banging Christina Hendricks. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, he's sexy. I would bang him. Great. <laughs> Great, you guys. Was that an in-depth enough answer for that yeah. question? <laughs> he's sexy. I would bang him. <laughs> um, all right, you guys. Jolene. Jessica Chastain's feature film debut. Wow, debut. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, a teenage orphan spends 10 years traveling cross-country, experiencing life, love, and heartbreak based on E.L. Dr. Rowe's story, Jolene Oh, Alive. Oh. Do you know what that is? I know that author. Oh. Okay. I cool. thought for some reason when you and I watched this trailer way back when, which to the listeners I don't remember the trailer like almost at all, I thought that I heard somewhere that you said or something that it was like kind of based on the... The song. The book is based Jolene. off the song. Oh, the book is based off the song. Yes. Whoa. Yeah. The book, yeah. Jolene, A Life, is based off of the song, uh, and this movie is based off of the book. So, so you can infer a couple things gotcha. from that. Can I look up the lyrics to the song right now? You don't know the lyrics to the song? <laughs> Do I know all the it's, lyrics to Jolene? No. There's it's only like Jolene, one lyric Jolene. It's like, I'm gonna, like, don't take my man. That's yes, the that's, lyric that matters. Yeah. yeah. So the man is twice her age. <laughs> <laughs> and married, I assume, but I bet it's a surprise. Okay, so here's my, I have no idea about the song or the book, or the movie at this moment, but here's my interpretation. Okay. There's a young girl named Jolene. She's an orphan. Jessica Chastain wears a lot of picnic print, like, you know, like red and white checkers. She wears a lot of that. No, like halter tops. (laughs) Okay. Maybe some belly shirts. I just feel like I'm gonna see a lot of midriff from Jessica. Okay. And she's gonna have, like, pigtails, unironically, and Mm. they're gonna, she's gonna be too old for them, but she's gonna do them. Yep. (laughs) So she got these pigtails. And everyone's gonna like it. Yes. She's gonna become infatuated with some man who kind of takes her into her, into his home, and the wife is reluctant because, but he's like, she's an orphan, she needs us. I don't know, she's gonna fall in love with the man of the house. The two of them are gonna go on the run together, a la Bonnie and Clyde. They're gonna mess things up. They're going to uh, have a tumultuous relationship, and then um, they're gonna kill each other. Oh. Ooh. (laughs) I'm going to guess that she kills him. Ooh. Love it. Can okay, you? so since she's an orphan, I'm thinking and hoping a little bit, because it's dramatic, that the movie starts with her being there when her parents like die in a car accident or something along those lines. So I think the movie might start with how she becomes an orphan, even if she's not there for it. I feel like maybe it's one of those, like, she had a she had a nice life, but now she's an orphan now. Now is when she's going to experience abuse and stuff. I really, sadly, like, I don't want this to happen, but I have this fear that she's going to get sexually abused. Oh, especially no. because she's, like, it seems like she's kind of sexualized in this movie, especially if she's hooking up with an older man. Oh, no. Um, I think that she's probably going to get tossed around, like, the foster care system. I feel like, you know what, I feel like there's going to be, like, good and bad. Like, there's going to be a lot of injustice, but then I think maybe there's going to be, like, a family that she really liked, but then 
I don't know, other factors came into play and she couldn't stay with them or something. And that's going to be the family she always, like, latched onto and felt like was her family. And then I think she's also going to, like, go out into the world on her own really early because I think there's going to be a lot of road tripping. I think she's going to, like, be in a car by herself and or, like, hitchhiking a lot. And then she's going to, I think she's going to meet this older man through hitchhiking. And she's going to, like, get in his car, and it's going to be, like, he's kind to her and stuff, and so she thinks he's really nice. Uh, I don't think he's going to be, like, physically abusive. I think he's going to be, like, a gaslighter. And she's going to think she's in love because she's so young, and he's, like, seems like he's got it all together. Then she finds out he's married. And I kind of hope there is some twist where someone gets killed. I hope it's dramatic like that. Jolene, you guys. We start off, and... The opening is a painting of a naked woman reclining across a bed. It's she's a redheaded woman. Okay. It's kind of just like establishing. In the song is Jolene redhead. Yeah, flaming locks of auburn hair. Oh shit. <laughs> uh, begin the movie. Jolene is 15 years old. I don't know how old Jessica was when she started this film. But probably But 30. not 15. <laughs> is it, like, super clear? This is the thing. They do what they can to, okay. because she's going to age throughout this film, but they do things with her makeup and her hair and her style to make her look really young and innocent, and they're doing a good does job. Does she have pigtails? At one point she does have uh-huh. pigtails, um, but we'll get into that a little okay. bit later. Um, she's There's a lot of VO. Uh, voiceover in oh. this film so because it's a book and she's narrating her life she says that she's getting married to mickey who is a 20 year old that she met and she loves him and they're just super head over heels for each other and he's like this skinny guy with glasses he's really lanky and he loves her too and she says that she comes from a foster home where the daddies would fool around with her and the mamas would beat her. I'm Yikes. really mad already. Yeah. <laughs> I'm mad, but also... Right. Yeah. Now she, And she's really happy because she's going to go live with Mickey and, and get out of the foster care system and she's going to live in Mickey's uncle and aunt's house, Uncle Phil and Aunt Kay. Uncle Phil? <laughs> from <Stop>. Fresh Prince. <laughs> um, and I don't know the actress who plays Aunt Kay, but Uncle Phil's played by Dermot Mulroney. I knew oh. it. I, oh my gosh, I'm so mad. I was going to say he's the silver fox in this movie. but yes. He is the older man. Um, what What are some other things that he's from so listeners know? He's from, this is not what he's from, but he's in episodes of New Girl. He dates Jess. He's like the older hot guy that dates Jess. I think Big he's things. in, I think he's in like a Julia Roberts movie. Yes, Because yes. I know they're buddies. Okay, here's my best friend's wedding. My best friend's wedding. wedding. That's the Julia Roberts one. He's also in August Osage County as Steve. He just loves Julia Roberts. We're the only three people who are gonna get. Oh, okay. (laughs) Right. Look him up. Yeah, Dermot Mulroney is Uncle Phil, and yeah, they're gonna live in the house with the aunt and uncle uh, until they have enough money to get their own place in a few years. And this is her husband's aunt and uncle. Her husband Mickey's aunt and uncle. Yes. Um. So after their wedding, the next day. Uh, Mickey drops her off at high school. <laughs> so crazy. And he says, give your husband a kiss goodbye. <laughs> Talking in the third person. <laughs> and he drops her off at high school, like, you know. All the while, Uncle Phil seems a little too interested in his nephew's Dang new it. wife. Dang it. Um, Jessica's in a high school art class, and I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is she with people who look 15? Yes. <laughs> I'm, I specifically looked for it. I'm like, there's Jessica. She's probably like 30, mid-30s. 
And then there's, like, definitely, like... A child. <laughs> a 17-year-old, like... This is pen 15. <laughs> yeah. And here we learn that Jolene is really into art, and she's actually a really good drawer. Um... Jolene isn't getting along with Aunt Kay back home very Yikes. well. Aunt Kay is kind of like a blue eyeshadow wearing, staunch dress, kind of covered up, cardigan wearing aunt. She's probably like in her 40s. The antithesis. Yes, exactly, mm. Kayleen. Well, I mean, the truth is, you know, I'm looking at this kind of like from Aunt Kay's perspective right now, and Jolene and Mickey are really in over their heads. And two kids who are like really playing house. So the next night, Mickey and Jolene are in bed. And he gets her a nightgown, which is just like one of those moo-moo-looking, old-fashioned uh, white nightgown. And he says, you look real sexy, Jolene. She, like, doesn't. Like, yeah, 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 she, yeah. I mean, Jessica always looks sexy, but yeah. it's, like, it's not a sexy garment, you right. know? And For 2019 standards. Yeah. Yeah. And he says, I wish that my mom could have met you. Aww. And she asks, well, how did she die? And he turns away from her and... He says, I don't want to talk about that right now. And he starts to cry, like, a Aww. lot. Seems like it's some kind of trauma that he he's not ready to face Aww. with somebody yet. Yeah. And she really believes that she loves him. He's crying, and, he sa- and she says, what's wrong, Mickey? And he says, I'm just so lucky that I found you. <laughs> and um, Jolene has some voiceover here, he, and she says, Mickey had no ambition and that he was just really a day-to-day person, and right now that was just okay with her. And Uncle Phil wakes them up the next morning after they have sex. It's like really uneventful sex. It's super vanilla. It's not very satisfying for mm-hmm. Jolene. But their Uncle Phil wakes them up, and she's like not really dressed or anything like that. And he comes in singing, Happy 16th birthday! <laughs> While her titties are like kind of out in her moomoos? Yes. Uncle Phil and she says Uncle Phil's always showing off in front of her and giving her hugs that lasted way too long I hate Uncle Phil (laughs) Uh, the next day uh, this day um, Aunt Kay says well since you're not doing anything today on your birthday why don't you clean the house you need to clean this up excuse you Aunt Kay it's her birthday (laughs) and she says that's okay yeah I'll do it and she puts on some music Jolene is cleaning and on the floor in some booty shorts and pigtails, dancing to shake your booty. OMG. Uncle Phil comes in and he's immediately aroused by seeing her dance on the floor. That he picks her up and throws her on the bed Eww. and has sex with her. It's her birthday. She doesn't know that it's assault. Yeah. And she believes that she likes it. You know, okay. she kind of lets it happen, and she's like, this is love. This is romance. Mm-hmm. Um, she's never had anything like that before. Mm-hmm. And Aww. she falls in love with Uncle Phil, and they sneak around all the time and have sex in his car and have sex somewhere else while Aunt Kay isn't around. This is the first time that we see Jessica's nip-nops in the film. Whoa. Do we, <laughs> so that implies we see them more than once. This is the first time. Whoa. I think Kimmy said that it's like three times. Mm-hmm. Oh, Whoa. Jolene goes out and she buys real lingerie for Uncle Phil. Oh, shit. It's like yeah. a little short orange see-through number dress. Orange. Some she actually peach. wears a lot of peaches, peach colors and oranges during this era because it kind of matches her hair and it looks young mm-hmm. and fresh. So, and she goes out with Uncle Phil in his cart and they go and kind of have a picnic on this slab overlooking picnic. these beautiful <laughs> open mountains and rolling hills and trees and all that. It's beautiful. And they're looking out, and they plot to wait for each other until Uncle until Aunt Kay dies, and then they can be together. Oh, shit. Yikes. And How what about she? Mickey? 
<laughs> I don't know. I don't know. They're and, gonna but, wait till she dies. How long could that fucking take? Yeah. Well, that is she sick? <laughs> they, they're promising each other that they're gonna wait for each other. Right. Okay. So know? they're so it's more vague. It's like. In the future, we'll be it's together. It's like the, if we're both 40 and don't get married type of a thing. No, they're, they're planning to be very careful with their affair until they're able to be together. Oh, so they're still really. going to have an affair. Also, I think that they're waiting until she's of age so that they can leave, maybe. Barf. Okay. And um, they say they have to be really careful, and Jolene in voiceover says, I felt really bad for Mickey. You know, while I was doing this, I was in love with him, but I still cared about Mickey, and I felt really bad. And they go home to have sex. But Mickey and Kay come home early, of course, Mm -hmm. and find Jolene and Uncle Phil messing around in the bedroom. Shit. And he goes, oh, Kay! I feel bad for Kay. (laughs) And And for Jolene, and for Mickey. Yes. Basically, I hate Phil. They both are looking in on it, and... Aunt Kay goes, you little whore! No! And then punches poor Jessica oh, in the face. Shit. And drags her out of the house by her hair. Yikes. And um, poor Jolene is just like sobbing. Like, I'm literally like sobbing bolt faced, you guys. Wow. Like, she, Jessica, oh, you cried so, during this movie? Did I? Yeah. Yes, because just watching Jessica mm-hmm. cry just like fully and outwardly is so, like, it's so primal and uninhibited. It's just, you can't help it, it's just so raw. And she's crying, and Mickey comes out bleeding and crying, because of course he was, like, punching and hitting Uncle Phil in there. Mm. And Jolene weeps and says, I didn't mean to hurt you, Mickey. And she watches Mickey drive away in his oil truck, and he and he drives all the way out to a big bridge and jumps <gasps> no. off the bridge. And dies? And oh, dies. Oh, no. And I had no idea this movie was going to be dark. Kayleen, like, inferred all of that. She was like, <laughs> she's an orphan. Obviously, it's going to be horrible. And I was like, <laughs> orphan, fun, adventure. It's going to be like Annie. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I thought. And Kayleen was like, no, this shit's Dickensy, and I get it. Um, Dang it. <laughs> Jolene, obviously a battered and bruised 15-year-old who's also gone through major trauma just now. <clears throat> Essentially being responsible for the death of her husband, she's in the hospital, and the nurse um, says protective services are going to visit you. Good. And Jolene says, I was labeled a homewrecker and a widow and a juvenile delinquent with no living relatives. Yeah, they send her to the women's psychiatric ward until she becomes a reasonable adult. She shows up at the women's psychiatric ward, and she's pretty, like, catatonic at this point. You know, she's still very trauma-stricken, and they introduce her to the home, and they say, this is going to be your attendant. Let me tell you. Her name is... Wow. Frances Fisher. Huh. I, like, I know that name, but none of us would have been able to guess that. She's Rose, uh, Rose's mom in, yeah. in Titanic. Interesting. Yeah. Rose DeWitt-Picators. Yeah. Um, Rose's mom watches Jolene shower, in, in the communal shower, and uh, Jolene says, I realized that this was not a place to recover your wits, even if you never lost them in the first place. Mm-hmm. And um, Jolene is called to court to prove that she's 16, which would make Phil a statutory rapist. Ooh. She cries in court, and she tries to get Uncle Phil's attention, and she says, something looked different about him when I was there, and I couldn't quite put my finger on it, and then I realized that 
his hair was gray and that he must have been dyeing his hair all this time. This part is really exciting because I realized this all on my own. And you guys, I swear, I researched this movie so much and there's hardly any information about it anywhere. So I just realized this just by watching the film. Jolene crosses paths with Aunt Kay, who is sitting in the courtroom watching the case happen. Mm -hmm. And she's dressed up like Jolene used to dress (gasps) up. She's wearing peach color. Her hair is down. She's got some earrings. Wow. And she is, she's kind of like, she's trying to capture that for Uncle Phil. That's you know? so upsetting. It might not be true, but I, th- I think they definitely I'm did it I'm sure it is. Oh, I'm sure it is. Sure. The, just the change in the clothes was Costume so drastic. Costume designers are so smart. Yeah. yeah. Um, so she's back at the psych ward. Rose's mom offers, her name is Cindy. Cindy, Cindy offers Jolene a cigarette in the car ride home. And because she's crying out the window all forlorn and sad. And it's at this moment that I realized that Jessica's probably going to do a lot of crying in the rest of this movie and that I'm not ready. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Cindy says, all men are kids. And you're lucky to be away from that guy. And I'm going to introduce you to smoking. Shh, don't tell the doc. It's going to be fine. Um, And Cindy puts Jolene to bed back at the psych ward. And... She says, I don't belong here, Cindy. And Cindy looks into her eyes a little bit too long. Like she might kiss <gasps> no. Jolene. Jolene kind of just like looks at her and like she's going to let it happen. Uh, but Cindy doesn't kiss her. And she says, okay, um, have a good sleep. Good night. Um, Phil gets 18 months in prison. Good. Hell yeah. Give him more. The next day, Jolene sees a patient attempt to kill herself. And so all the mirrors are taken from the Ooh, facility. They have the to mirrors, be, dang. Yeah. Um, is that how the girl tried to do it? She smashes the mirror, yeah, yeah. and she, she tries to use the shards, yeah. Um, Cindy asks Jolene to go on a smoke break with her, because they're kind of getting to be friends. I don't trust Cindy! And um, they've been trying to give Jolene pills this whole time, and she's been taking them, but at this point we see Jolene hide the pills in the crayon box that they gave her. Oh. Because that's the only thing that she asked for. She was like, can I have some colored pencils and some paper? And they said, no, but we can give you some crayons. And everybody at the psych ward gives her a dollar to, to draw their picture. <laughs> because oh, so she's really good. Because yeah, she is really good. That's cute. Because there's no mirrors, so everybody wants to know oh. what they look like. And um, she says, "I always made everybody look a little bit more pretty than they were." Oh. On the smoke break, Jolene said, "They're looking out over the railing at the outside," and she says, "Isn't it amazing how you can still find beauty no matter where you are?" Isn't that sweet? Mm-hmm. Did that make you cry? Not this part, no. <laughs> But uh, I just think it's like a really, really like a testament to her character. Like she's gone through all this horrible yeah. stuff, and she still finds beauty in the world. That's mm-hmm. the thing. It's like when you go through. I just feel like there's a line you have to cross where when you're going through that much trauma, either you lean into it or you don't. Because like the the way to survive, I think, is mm-hmm. you have to trick yourself into finding the yeah. good in it or you won't survive yeah you you definitely do so buckle up bitches oh great <laughs> great cindy kisses jolene now ah! and then they have sex what and Stop. then in one of the side beds yeah Can't, and i don't want to hear any more of this movie <laughs> <laughs> jolene says it wasn't really bad being loved by a woman once you get going it doesn't matter what they do or what they've got sure but when it's cindy the like person who's supposed to be taking care of you uh, yeah, so I went to go write it down, and then I unpaused the movie, um, so that I could finish what she was saying, and all she said, then she says, all you have to do is close your eyes, and, and she imagines it's Uncle Phil. Oh. <laughs> and then I was just like, fuck, that's shitty. 
Cindy says, I got a plan to get you out of here, but you'll have to live with me and never leave and stay with me forever and ever. These people are so possessive. And she says, I'll mm. never leave you, Cindy, I swear. We're 30 minutes into the movie, though, so I'm like already like, sorry, Cindy. <laughs> you know, yeah. that, that, that's probably not going to happen. Um, and Cindy kind of unlocks the gate and rushes Jolene to the trunk of her car and puts her in there and they drive away. Jeez, the trunk of her car? Um, earlier in the movie when they were on the railing, Cindy says, you know, I'm really good with makeup and hair. I'm, I'm, people have pretty much called me an artist at this point. I would love to do something with your hair and makeup. And I wouldn't cover up your freckles because you should definitely keep those and just pull your hair back a little bit. You look beautiful, but not more beautiful than you already are. So at this point, Cindy gets to put makeup and hair on Jolene, and she looks awful. Yeah. She looks like a Texas pageant girl, <laughs> and oh. the beehive hair is, like, slightly off-center. Oh. She just looks awful. Cindy, like, almost scares me more than Uncle Phil, because with Uncle Phil, even though he's, like, horrible, with him it was like, this is a passionate thing, whereas Cindy seems really possessive. Well, Cindy at the psych ward seems like a really different, sweeter, kinder person than she is when they get to her house. Okay. When they get to her house, she's really eccentric. Uh, Kenny picked up on that fast. Why is this woman working (laughs) in a psych ward? She's really eccentric and really um, possessive, and she says, no, we can't go to the beach Jolene, you gotta stay low for a while, okay? Uh. Lock the door, turn the TV on, and I'll be back later. They're probably gonna be already looking for you. Jolene, she... Cindy leaves, and Jolene sits on the couch and turns on the TV, and she sees that Cindy has a bunch of parakeets, and they're in bird cages. And I'm like, the symbolism is just so overpowering that Jessica has to use the $100 that she's saved up from painting all the watercolors of the psych ward mates. And then she buys a bus ticket out of there. Oh, sick. Yeah. That was quick. Right away. And she says, I bet I, I feel bad, but I bet I hurt Cindy's feelings. Fuck Cindy. So Jolene says she had a lot of jobs after that, all kinds of jobs. And she hitchhiked across the country to get by. And she's 17 at this point. She says, but she carries herself like she was 10 years older. And I said, yeah, you got that right. Because you're actually 10 <laughs> years older. Yeah. <laughs> Plus a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, so basically, she just, she hitchhikes across the country and she offers sexual favors in exchange for the drive and they also pay her too. That's so she, that's how she's getting around. That's how she's supporting herself. And next time we see Jolene, she's working as a roller skate diner waitress in Phoenix. Good Arizona. for her. <laughs> She's roller skating around. She's got a friend named Kendra, um, and their waitress is there together, and they see this this kind of rock star Cadillac-looking car drive up with this guy in the front seat. Here's the most stereotypical dialogue of the movie. I'm ready. Kendra, ugh, that freak is here again. I can't stand him. He gives me the creeps. Jillian says, come on, Kendra. He's funny. <laughs> Kendra says, funny? Funny looking, maybe. (laughs) And Jolene says, I think he's kind of cute. I think he eats here every day. And Kendra says, yeah, he's not here for the food, Jolene. He's got a crush on you. Why do you think he's always asking for you? Oh, my God. I was like, I watched this. I was like, I don't know if the audience can hear, but I'm audibly, like, rolling my eyes. I love that. That's amazing. (laughs) Um, the Frank in mention is this Johnny Depp looking musician guy okay. who uh, sings a rock and roll ballad in front of everyone at the diner. What the? 
uh, for Jolene, and he even adds her name to the song, and he has a microphone attached to his car. Well, he's dumb. He should just sing the song Jolene. <laughs> Why are people so obsessed with Jolene? Um, yeah, she's great. <laughs> um, this guy in the car, his name is Coco Ledger. I'm sorry. <laughs> Coco. He's like a rock star type guy. His name's Coco. He's is that the actor's name or the character's name? The character's name. Coco Ledger. Yeah. Coco invites Jolene to go dancing. And in her voiceover, Jolene says he wasn't a rock star, but he was a gentleman and polite, and he didn't mind making a fool of himself. And they dance really crazy, and he's all over the floor. He likes attention and stuff. Um, Jolene here is entering into the darker years, I think, because she doesn't look naive anymore. She's got her eyes ringed with eyeliner. Her Mm. hair's a little fluffier Mm. and crimpy. We're entering, like, early 80s now, I think. Love it. Um, and this guy is a tattoo artist, and he takes her to his tattoo shop. Coco? Coco's Inc. or something like that. And he gives her an ugly tattoo. (gasps) Where? It's on her butt cheek. It's of a heart with a chain around it. Ugh. Yeah, and it's just, like, really poorly done. Everything in this movie is just so in your face. It's like... Get it? I don't want you to love anyone else. I'm putting a chain around your heart. Yeah. Because she's such a good artist, he gives her a job at the tattoo shop and she doesn't have to be a diner waitress anymore. I mean, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Good for her. And um, she kind of, Kendra's kind of upset. She's like, you don't know him very well. Like, I can't believe you're going to go work there with him and live with him. And she says, Kendra, he believes in me. Kendra says, he's playing games, Jolene, and you're going to get yourself hurt. Wiser words had never been spoken. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What's Coco going to do? I'll tell you. So far, he seems like the only nice guy. I'm sad he's no, not No, take be him nice. out. So, <laughs> like I said, she looks really grungy now. And um, she does her first tattoo on somebody. And it's really, really good. And he takes the money from the customer for himself. And he gives her a percentage because it's his shop. But there's something there that's not right. Okay. Okay. Uh, Coco, so far, that kind of just sounds like business. So yeah, they emphasize it in a way that you're like, hmm, something kind of fishy there okay. that they haven't told us yet. Yeah. Okay. Um, Coco and Jolene are drinking and overlooking this beautiful landscape. This is the third time this has happened in the movie, and I know that this is no good. Mm. <laughs> Where they're looking over a big right, vast Uncle landscape. Phil. Look at how beautiful, Cindy. Look at how beautiful. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, he makes her unzip his pants, and inside is a ring box. Oh. <laughs> There's a ring inside the box. It's a ring in a box. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she declines his proposal. Good. Uh, Don't and, propose to me that way, ever. Yeah. And he says, but you're the one. And she says, I've heard that before. Yikes. <laughs> but he convinces her to get married anyways, even though she doesn't know him very well. You just said she declined him. Yep. And then she said, okay. <sighs> He says a very big speech about how that he thinks they're destined to be together and there's nobody else he's felt like this about before and she she gives in to the to the proposal. Fine. Jolene's kind of unhappy with her life now that she's married to Coco. She thinks that if he cleaned up a little bit and got rid of his tattoos, then he would look a lot like Mickey and she kind of imagines oh. that it's him. Coco's always going off secretly somewhere without telling Jolene where he's going. Is it drugs? Is it another woman? Or is it gambling? Or is it um, selling Furbies? Well, Jolene Whoa. and Kendra think it's all of the above. And they, <laughs> they, they include and selling they, Furbies. And they stalk him to a motel. 
Oh. oh. And he goes into the hotel room. I'm going to guess drugs. She confronts him at the motel and she finds him doing lines of cocaine. Ha ha. And he tells her he's been dealing drugs too to keep the shop open. And she says, you better not hurt me, Coco, or I'm going to hurt you back. Oh. It's pretty dope. Loved it. Sure. And he says, I promise I won't. Guys, guess who shows up at the tattoo shop? Dermot. Next Dermot. Day? Nope. Cindy? Cindy? It's a woman. Oh, another Jolene's actress? Mother. Another actress. Another actress. Jo- who's playing Jolene's mother. No. Oh. Do we know her? Yes, you do. Do we know her by name? What's so important like a- to know is that she's an actress that we've talked about on this podcast before. <gasps> One that one of you like? From, from a movie that Courtney explained. Oh. Oh, shit. It's not Natalie Portman. It no. is not... It's not Emma Thompson. You explained another one with... Drop Dead Gorgeous. Ah, uh, Kirstie Kirsten Alley. Dunst? Kirstie Alley. No. Ellen Barkin? No. Alison Murphy. Brittany no. Murphy. No, no, you guys, no. It's not from Drop Dead Gorgeous? No, it's Denise Richards. Oh, boo. <laughs> <laughs> it's Denise Richards. The only Drop Dead Gorgeous person we didn't mention. <laughs> because she's the worst one. <laughs> you named everybody in the cast. But she looks beautiful in this, and she walks in with a baby. I'm sure she does. She's very pretty, but I hate her. <laughs> she's with a baby, you guys. Okay. Who's baby? Dermot's baby? No. Coco's baby. Denise walks in with a baby, <laughs> and um, she confronts. Jolene at the shop, and she says that she's Coco's wife, and this is his oh, child. Oh, Again? And just then, Coco shows up, and he's obviously, this isn't how things wanted, he wanted Coco to go. Coco seems like such a vagabond. And he <sighs> says, sit tight, Jolene, I'll be back soon. Uh, Jolene is so angry that this is happening that she wrecks the whole fucking shop. Oh, dang. And she throws it. A million middle fingers when she gets outside and she throws beer bottles at the sign out front until it breaks. Sick. She packs up all of her stuff at their apartment and finds a bunch of cash hidden. Good. And she takes it. Good. And she finds a shit ton of cocaine. No. And she (laughs) takes the cash for herself. She dumps the cocaine on the table and she takes her wedding ring off and puts it right on top of the the pile of cocaine. And then she dials the police and leaves it off the hook for them to show up. I wish she would have done something like poured water all over the cocaine so he can see that she, like, destroyed it. I was nervous she was going to do all the cocaine. Yeah, be bright. Jolene gets on another bus. This is the halfway point. Yeah, I figured. Okay. Okay. What do you guys think is going to happen? What's going to happen? I really hope something... Well, I... Dermot's coming back. Like, he's coming back. Yeah. He's getting out of jail... And he's going to call her when she's kind of down on her luck, doesn't know what to do, doesn't have anywhere to go. And they're going to get back together, which makes me really sad. I'm just like, I I want this to have some kind of a happy ending, but I really don't want her to end up with him. Like, I don't think that that's okay. I don't, that, no, that's uh, not what, where I was what, going. What age is she right now? Well, she was 17 in Arizona. Is she so so? And I believe that every that every section of her life, like a few years, passed by. So she might be like in her twenties. I have a feeling that the movie is going to now that she's of age, now that she's a little more worldly. I think the movie's going to try to convince us they should be together. I feel like his marriage has been torn apart, Uncle Phil's, and I think they're going to find each other in some weird way. Maybe even way later. It's just not fair because even if they come across each other later in life when it's socially acceptable to be with someone at that age gap, 
you're still the guy who took advantage of her when she was young. I don't know. I just feel like the movie's going to try to convince us they should be together, and that's not true. Yeah, I'm not rooting for that for even a second. I feel like there's got to be some sort of death between the two of them. I think there's got to be some kind of... I don't know. Maybe it does end on a sad note, but it's got it's to gotta try to convince us things are going to be okay. Hmm. I feel like she's going to get a job somewhere. You know, this movie is hitting a pattern right now where when she thinks things are good, they're going awry. So, because of somebody, like, being too in love with her. So I bet you she's going to somehow, like, work her way up to a good job... It's going to seem like her life's in order. The movie is turning itself around. And then all of a sudden, like, the VP tries to get with her and fucks her up. And then she spirals or something. All right. I'm going to make a wonky prediction. She (laughs) is an artist. She makes her way into, like, the gallery business. And she falls in love with, like, the gallery owner. The two of them are on top, top of the world. And then Dermot shows up and she is... A little bit uh, drawn to him. She she loses herself for a second because she's so infatuated with him. Goes with him. I don't know where it's going. I feel like it might be so obvious, but I just don't know. This movie, originally, I, like before the explanation started, I was so down to see it. And now I just feel like it might bum me out. Same. I, I don't really want to watch this girl be so hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I feel ya. I feel ya, you guys. <laughs> Those are some good predictions. Okay. Are no, you- mine were wrong. <laughs> well... Are you, we'll well, see. I totally forgot about the art thing. I think that was good for you to include. Thanks, but there's no way her life's going to turn out that good mm. where she's going to make it to that point. Mm. Or we'll get a time jump and it does. We are now in Las Vegas. Oh, good for her. Vegas, is everything baby. going great? Jolene is a stripper. <laughs> <laughs> right after Courtney asked if things are going great. I picture her like running one of the top casinos. Well, okay, she's like a proper Molly's stripper. Molly's game. She's like a yeah. pretty good stripper. She She's oh like God. in like Jessica Rabbit-esque outfit. It's black. And she takes all of her clothes off seductively in, like, a pretty good dance. Like, she's, like, a classy stripper. Okay. And but she gets down to, like, the nip-nops. Well, yeah, this isn't the third time we see Jessica's oh. nip-nops. And at this point, I wonder how Jessica feels about having done this scene in retrospect. You know, because she's mm. such a gender equality in the film industry as well as other industries on the whole. And it's very sexy and it's very exploitative. And she's a stripper and she's, the only people in the audience are men. And the only thing that I can think of is that it's her feature film debut and that she wasn't clear about what her, you know, path was going to be. That's A. Or B is that Jolene is a very self-sufficient person and that she does all this stuff to get by and she does the things she does because of the level of education that she wasn't able to have. And I, I think that that's probably why she did it because every time she's successful, it's because she's self-made. Yeah. Mm. So... You know, it's not, it, I think it's still a story about female empowerment. Yeah. You know? She just kind of loses herself along the way a little bit. I will say, though, like, I think it's a director's choice to have that much titty. Like, yeah. you can you can get the same point across without that. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. this scene, you would show it. Like, that would be the time. But, like, you don't really need to show breasts in sex scenes. Like, that doesn't really show power to women. Like, no, nope. we already got that it was a sex scene. You yeah, know? but I, I get it more for this scene than. And when it's an underage sex scene, that's a totally different situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, the actress isn't underage, but the character isn't. Yeah. So what I'm saying. It's the same. Yeah, no, I understand that. So she's dancing. She's dancing her dance, and someone is watching her from afar in the audience. Dermot. Her manager introduces her to him. His name is Sal. 
He's like an older guy. He's like probably like upper 50s, early 60s. But he's really classy. And he's sitting alone drinking a martini. And her manager says she's our finest dancer. And Sal offers her champagne. And she puts her leg up and she says, I'd rather give you a dance. Okay. And he says, no, that's okay. That's not necessary. I just want to talk to you. She says Sal was a gentleman. And he was very highly respected in the community. And he takes her to all these fancy places, and he's courting her a little bit, and, you know, being a little bit of a sugar daddy. And um, he takes her to his super fancy apartment. It's, like, on the top floor of this skyscraper. It's fucking rad. It looks like a museum inside. I think Jolene even says that. She's like, you live in a museum. And I love art. I just love it. And he's like, that's so great. I have a habit of collecting things. I can't help it. When I see something I like, I buy it. Stop. I'm going to buy you, Jolene. <laughs> You're a collectible, a possession, if you will. But Sal actually seems really genuine. and Seems? <laughs> <laughs> You're reading into it too much. No, he he's... At, we don't know a lot about him yet, but at this point, he is being very kind to her and, and isn't pushy at all. And we're going to okay. hear more about that in a bit. He walks her into another room and he shows her the painting from the opening of the film. And he says, oh. it's my greatest possession. It reminds me of you. Yeah. Um, and he asks her to move in with him. What the fuck? And he says, Jolene, stop dancing and move in with me. And he gives her a credit card with no limit on it. I'm sorry, has it been like an hour since they've met? Oh, no, no. They've been, he's been courting her for a few, okay. few weeks. Yeah. Um... Yeah, he gives her a credit card with no limit on it. He says, you can use that. I want you to stay here. She says, she gets a little bit teary-eyed because he's being so generous to her. And she says, why me? You can have anybody you want. And he says, I don't want anybody else. I want you. And she says, you don't want me. Trust me. (laughs) And he says, Jolene, let me take care of you. All I ask is for the pleasure of your company and you can walk out the door anytime you want, no strings. And I hope this is true. She gets right? really teary, and, and she's been kissing him and hugging on him throughout this entire time because it's kind of her job as, like, a, you know, a classy stripper slash escort or whatever. Like, she knows kind of why she's here, but she really falls for him, and she falls for his comfort. She says, I told him I loved him, and after a while, I really did. They go to all these fancy lunches, and one day they end up at... Oh, she's got all these gorgeous red dresses at this point in the movie. It's awesome. Um, They go to a fancy lunch where there's some of his colleagues there. And the colleagues are under the impression that it was going to be a business lunch. And they look kind of ticked off that Jolene is there. Mm. And it looks like Sal is under fire for some kind of business decision that he made. And it looks a little bit shady. All Jolene gets to do all day is like paint and do art and do what she loves. And she paints a picture of them together for him and she surprises him with it and he's blown away by the gift he's just staring at it with like adoration it looks like it's like the best gift he's ever received from somebody and he says i love you princess and i want you to know that you never have to worry about a thing and you'll always be taken care of even after i'm gone oh i'm so bummed something bad's gonna happen (laughs) they're at dinner later that night and he says are you happy and she says, I'm happier than I've ever been. No. And 
across from them, a couple tables down, are the two guys from the dinner, mm. or from the lunch the couple days oh, prior. Oh no, my god, there's going to be a murder. And they've oh, got two muscle guys with them, and it's clear that they're there kind of looking for Sal. Um, the next morning, Sal shakes Jolene awake. He's very serious and scary, and he says, you need to wake up now and get dressed and go downstairs and wait for me. Do not come up here oh, until shit. I come get you. So do as I say. Uh. And I'll come get you. I promise it's going to be all right. And Jolene, and she turns around and look at him for what appears to be the last time. Oh, my goodness. Jolene sits down at the hotel restaurant for a really, really long time until it gets really late. She gets a little worried. She goes up to the room to see what's going on, and Sal is dead Yeah. on the floor with several bullet holes oh. in his body. And the henchmen are still in there, so Jolene oh, runs away. She runs away. And she waits on the side of the road somewhere in the Las Vegas desert until a trucker comes by who's headed to Oklahoma, picks her up. No. Um, it's two years later, and she's living in Tulsa as a receptionist for an oil drill equipment leasing office. And she's doing really well. She's like a blue, uh, sorry, blue collar, a, a white collar working member of society, and she's really proud. She's worked for a job that she really likes. And um, she has friends at her job, and she's a working woman. She's doing good. She hasn't dated anyone for a long time, and she seems really confident and happy. Um, and she says, I feel like for the first time, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. And also on the side, she also does waitressing and catering gigs. Okay. Yeah. And she's got to go to this catering gig tonight at this super, super fancy house. German's house. <laughs> I just keep guessing. Yeah. <laughs> um, while she's there, a man stops as she walks by, clearly blinded by her beauty. Oh my gosh. It's actor Michael Vartan. And you don't know him, but I laughed because he plays Lancelot in The Mists of Avalon, which is the lost Whoa. episode. It's not the lost episode. It's the Mortal the... Engines is the lost episode. <laughs> Yours true. is the forgotten episode. <laughs> the forgotten episode. <laughs> The dismissed episode. Yeah. The dismissed episode. Um, yeah, the dismissed. <laughs> the dismissed, because it's the mists of Avalon. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Who are you, Kaylee? <laughs> yeah, get out of here, Kaylee. <laughs> There's only room for one Kaylee. <laughs> that was a good one. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you were Kaylee. <laughs> anyway, it was good. I liked it. Okay, thanks. <laughs> um, the guy tries to talk to her, but... Um, Jolene seems pretty fed up with men telling her how beautiful she is. <laughs> I get it. I'm, I'm fed up with it. <laughs> um, she really, she just kind of like, is like, oh yeah, great, peace out. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy's Brad, and he seems pretty pushy and almost aggressive and a little snobby. Because he's, you know, one of those upper crusty, fancy guys. But he's like about the same age as her. Okay. The next day, Brad sends her an enormous bouquet of flowers to the front desk of her work. With a note asking her to dinner, signed Brad G. Benton. Her friend at the work says, Oh my god, don't you know who that is? His family own only owns the entire building in about half of Tulsa. He's oh, richer dude. than God. Jolene goes, oh, that guy. And I'm like, you're a queen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but she goes to dinner with him anyways because her friend says nobody says no to the Bentons. O-M-G. And he's an asshole. He's an asshole to the waiter. He's like, Blatantly rude. And she's a waitress. Uh, yeah. yeah, she kind of sees that he's picking on the lower class, and she calls him out on it. He mm-hmm. says, you're really rude. Just, like, out of nowhere, asks her if she's accepted Jesus Christ as Whoa. her Lord and Savior, and she, like, are you seriously asking me that? 
And he's like, yeah. And she's like, well, that'd be my personal business, Brad. <laughs> and then he does like a 180 and the waiter comes back and offers the dinner on the house. And he's like, no, oh, thanks, man. Like, that's really awesome. Write yourself a big tip. And Jolene's like, you're fucking crazy. Like, wow. she says that. I think that you're crazy. And I see this scene. <laughs> he right. says, well, you can figure out, uh, you know, what you think about that on our next date. Let's do Wednesday. No. And she says, wow, you're serious, aren't you? And he says, yeah, I felt blessed the moment I saw you. And she says, you don't know anything about me. And he said, when I saw you, I knew all my prayers had been answered. All right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> At this point in the movie, I'm just really frustrated with how the guys are like, wow, a pretty woman, that's the end of my life. There it is. <laughs> yeah. And especially the fact that some asshole is using Christianity as an excuse to fucking exploit this woman for being pretty. Mm -hmm. Like, can you chill? Yes. <laughs> I'm so annoyed. Well, she hangs out with him for a couple more days. It hasn't really been that long that they've known each other. Like, yeah. only a couple days or, or so. Yeah. And she starts to kind of enjoy his eccentric personality, and she says he surprises her with fancy nights out that only rich people can offer. In Tulsa. In, in Tulsa. <laughs> well, it seems, like, really, like, fancy. I mean, they're, they're definitely, like, Bible Belt people. Then he takes her to a private dinner after a couple weeks on a rooftop, and he says, I have a surprise for you. And he gives her an envelope. Is it a fucking wedding ring? It's an envelope. Is there a wedding ring inside? No. Didn't the last guy propose by putting it, like, in his garage? Yeah. <laughs> an envelope is a step up. It's a flat envelope. She opens it up, and she looks at it, and her face goes slack. It's a severance check. He huh? says, I fired you from the company, so you wouldn't you have to work there anymore. So that you can marry me. Okay, Christian Grey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, Anastasia, you no longer have a job. Oh, I need a job. She's um obviously appalled. She's like, I like my job, Brad. What the hell are you doing? Why would you fire me? And he says, the Lord told me that one day I would meet the person who I would want to spend the rest of my life with. And Jolene goes, oh yeah, did the Lord also tell you to fire me? <laughs> I thought that was so funny. I'm so mad. And Brad proposes. He does have a ring. No! <laughs> I really wish that he was like... No, he like makes a big fanfare of it. He like no, gets I down on their, one I knee. Want, I want her to like... He gets like this big group of musicians to start playing yeah. music. And he proposes. And it's really rushed. And he has all this disillusionment about their love. And he says, you'll learn to love me. And, sh and she says, no, Brad, I can't marry you. Sorry, I can't. And I'm like, hell yes. This is the movie that I want. Oh my gosh, smash, smash cut to their smash wedding. Smash cut to their wedding to a chorus of hallelujahs. How did you know that? Because this movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like a great Jessica time, but I'm like, I it hate is. everything it about is. this plot. Oh, keep your seatbelt on, Courtney. <laughs> Dude, there's for sure. Not <laughs> That's why she's gonna die because she's not wearing a seatbelt. <laughs> Jessica, no, Michael. <laughs> no. Um. At their wedding, Jolene says, "Honey, where are your parents?" And he says, "Who cares? The Lord is here." On their. Okay, wait. I'm just really confused. You're throwing so many Jesus things at us right now. Like, is he gonna start a cult? He's super religious. He's, like, from a Bible Belt, like, really rich, affluent family. This seems like a lot more than just 
normal Christian. No, he seems like psycho. No, he seems psycho. Okay. Um, on their wedding night, they're about to consummate their marriage, and Brad pulls her clothes off and sees the heart tattoo on her ass. <laughs> <laughs> and he looks a little angry about that, and then he no. And then he turns her around and, and does her from behind, really rudely and really rough. And because he's mad. Yeah, because he's because when they when he proposed, she was like, "You don't know anything about me," and he's like, "It doesn't matter. It oh, doesn't does matter it, about your past. I don't want to know about your past. All I want to know is the present and the future with you." Liar. He is really rough with her. And even though she says, no, I don't like it like that, Brad. And it's it's horrible. It's really horrible. And she cries and, and she, like, bites the sheets so that Poor she doesn't. Jessica. Yeah, it's this horrible. This is her first role. She has to do all this bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, jumping in the deep end, right? Yeah. At a country club a couple months later, Brad's parents are there and they refuse to come over and meet Jolene. You know, because she's. From a lower class, and it, it's apparent that they didn't approve of the marriage, right? Because they weren't there and stuff. Okay. Jolene tells Brad that when they have kids, she's going to love them no matter what. And he says, yeah, Jolene, we'll have a lot of children. And she says, Brad, I'm pregnant. Oh, oh no. And he's so happy. He hugs her. He yells it out loud in the restaurant so that the parents can hear from the table far away. I'm going to be a dad. It's going to be great. She doesn't like him. Uh, Jolene realizes that if she's going to get any respect from the Tulsa community, then she's going to have to adopt their ways and kind of be like them. And so she kind of does that. And she goes to church and wears what they wear and is polite with everybody. Sometime at church the, in the last trimester of her pregnancy, she finally meets Brad's parents and tells them she's having a boy. Aww. Jolene's pretty pregnant at this point. She's sleeping in bed and Brad is awake. He looks really perturbed. He wakes her up in the middle of the night and says, you've slept with other men, haven't you? Ugh. And yes, she says, fucker, duh. Well, when we were married, you knew I wasn't a virgin, and you said our past didn't matter, and you were right, because I, I haven't loved anyone else the way that I love you. And he's really adamant about getting a number. He wants to know what the number is. He's like, because I can count mine on one hand, but if you don't know the number, that means that it's too many to count. Maybe you should have fucking done this before you got married, bro. Well, that's her whole argument. Oh, I forgot. He says, how many? 30? 40? And she can't answer him. And she says, hundreds, thousands. Feel Whoa. better? Millions. <laughs> and he goes to sleep on the couch. And she tries to comfort him, um, try to make things better. And then he smacks her across the face and she falls to the ground. A pregnant woman. I was going to say. She's pregnant. He weeps the next day at church, and he prays for forgiveness for hurting his wife because she hurt him. No one cares, Brad. And he'll never do it ever, ever again. And Jolene looks pretty catatonic with a big red bruise across her face. Great. Wow. Uh, she has her baby, and she's a great mom, mm. and she loves her baby. Her baby's name is Bradley Jr. That's so <laughs> upsetting. Kimmy! She loves her son. She, like, plays with him all the time. She's a great mother. Aww. And she's like, finally I have something that's mine that I wanted. And it's great. Brad is becoming more and more of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> he says his parents are coming over and she needs to look presentable. She says, Brad, you didn't tell me that they were coming over. I have too much to do. I can't get ready in time to see them. And he says, well, they probably don't really want to see you anyway. 
And she says, well... I'm literally the mother of your child. What the fuck? I just wish yeah. the listeners could see me and Kayleen constantly gesturing. We're, like, throwing our arms up in the air, like, what? <laughs> I'm literally looking at, like, an invisible audience going, are you seeing this shit? <laughs> yeah. Brad's parents stop by to show Brad some documents. He storms into Jolene's art room and smashes all of her paintings huh. and beats her with a canvas and calls her a fucking whore. And he kicks her and beats her and punches her in the throat. Oh. She can't breathe. Wait, because of the documents? Yes. And he spills, he, he squeezes all the paint all over her face and into her mouth and stuff. It's really terrible. I hate him. What the fuck? It's terrible and she's crying and choking and it's, it's terrible. It's terrible. But she packs her bags and runs away with their son. Oh. To go to a woman's shelter and she gets a lawyer. But the lawyer can't help her. And she says, why? Because they bought you off? And she says, the money isn't really the issue, Jolene. Like, you have a record. What did a stint in a psychiatric That's ward? When I was uh, adolescent. You are um, an orphan from the system. I you was adolescent. That's not my fault. You have an unannulled marriage to a convicted drug felon. Okay. That's that okay. That was fair. Yeah. That, that's why she, she doesn't really have a strong case against these really affluent people. Police officers come to the shelter and take her baby from her and arrest her for kidnapping the baby. <gasps> oh my goodness. Ugh. It's like the worst part of the film. They hold her up against the police car and she's screaming no. for her baby. It's Aww. like, it's so horrible. Um, the judge grants Brad sole custody of her baby. <laughs> what the fuck is this stupid ass shit? What is happening? Well, she decides... The judge is like, I the Brad grant you Brad custody of Brad. <laughs> yeah, it's not fair. It's really not fair. And she decides to leave the baby because, you know, they're giving her like one hour supervised visits. It's just like uh, torturous for her. And she leaves the baby and goes somewhere else because she feels like she's an embarrassment to her child. And she thinks that the child's imagination of her will be better than the real thing. Because she's had a really checkered past and she feels really beaten. She takes a plane out of the state. Jolene now lives in Los Angeles. She's illustrating for a small comic book company. Aww. And all of the comic book illustrations are of her life because she said someone once told me that you should draw what you know. And that was from her art class way back in high school. Are they all hella sad? Yeah, it's, it's her life. Yeah. And she is walking through the streets of Los Angeles, and she says that some people tell her that she should be a movie star. She's got the looks, and she doesn't really know about being a movie star, but she imagines that she would become one and go back home to Tulsa and rescue her son and that her son would be proud of her. Uh-huh. And that's the end. Wow. <laughs> of the whole movie. That's the end of the movie. Wow. Um, here's okay. the reception. This is the thing. Um, it had critical reception and mixed reviews. Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 48% based on 21 reviews, so not a lot of people have seen this Whoa. movie. Wow. It has a really low score there, like a 4.8, but on IMDb, it's a 6.5. Mm. Okay. Um, it says that, um, the movie's really praised solely for Chastain's performance. Yeah. Of course. That's what it seems The like. New York yeah. Times says she digs deep, surrendering to her character's smoky voiceover and disastrous judgment. The actress finds pockets of soul in a role that's part Jessica Rabbit, part Marilyn Monroe. I don't really agree with that description, but I think that the review... That seems like such a sexualized description. That's the thing. Like, she has aspects of that in some of the things that happened throughout her life. But can we also give her, like, an innocent character? Like Shirley Temple? I agree that she's she's much more innocent than that review offers. 
that she's like a byproduct of her upbringing and hardships, you know? Yeah. She's kind of just like a leaf in the wind, you just, know? As far as, like, characters, we know the character more deeply than those reviews seem to, to surmise. Yeah. But, I mean, Courtney, that just like, sounds so even sexual. Seen it. She seems so much deeper than that. Right? Yeah. The New York Observer rated it three out of four stars and said the movie boasts a terrific cast and Miss Chastain not only holds her own corner of every scene, she's the only thing you want to watch. Aww. And that's really what I take away from this film. I, I bet you would, just because she's your favorite. Well, I want to know your She's my favorite, thoughts. but aside from her being my favorite, she's magnetic in this film. Great. You know, she's she does such a great job. It's her first feature film release. Like, yeah. she's so skilled and talented. It's amazing. Like, you want her to be successful successful and and have great things happen to her and that's just not what happens in her life unfortunately mm-hmm. that's the reality for a lot of people but like I said a little bit earlier I think that she probably took this role because it's still it still is a story about female empowerment mm-hmm. bad things happen to her and she gets kicked down but she still thinks that she's doing the right thing and everything that she becomes is because of her own efficiency she's yeah. a, a really self-made person she's a self-starter i like that it it ends with her career i'm really sad that she's not with her child me too yeah yeah i think it seems hopeful that she's intending to go see him later on in life yeah you want to rate this yeah let's rate it three three two two, one nice cool Cool. so (laughs) i gave it a 6.5 i gave it a six and i gave it a 5.5 okay you guys go first that's so averaging to so descending i like that Mm -hmm. yeah uh, I rated it lower, um, so I gave it a 5.5 because I, I just really appreciate anything that our faves do. Yeah. And 5.5 in, I'm sorry, 5 in my book means I'll rewatch it. But sometimes that doesn't happen. Sometimes things are just a 5 and I can respect that I watched it. And so with hearing the explanation of this and knowing it, I think I'm going to watch this movie. And I think I'm going to find a lot of things to praise within it to, to bump it up to that 5.5. But as far as overall movie and just story, I cannot see myself rating this higher than that because mm-hmm. it just sounds, it sounds tragic and horrible and like something I'm not going to enjoy. Uh, and, and not every movie needs to be enjoyable. Some movies you, you watch and you feel the pain of it and that's just what it's there for. Yeah. This just is too much for me. Um, mm-hmm. But... That's okay. But it's got Jessica, and I love Jessica, too, so I, I would like to see it for that purpose. And maybe when I see it, it'll be bumped up to a 6 or 6.5 like Kimmy gave. We'll mm-hmm. see. But for now, oh, gosh, I'm, I'm dreading seeing this. <laughs> I'm excited to see her her debut, but, oh, mm-hmm. that, sounds, that sounds yikes. So, for me, I thought about even giving it lower, but I ultimately decided... I haven't seen this film. Based on the way that Kimmy has talked about it, I imagine that there are redeeming qualities Mm -hmm. other than Jessica's acting, because I'm sure that that, based on your reviews you read us and and your explanation, it seems like the biggest um, selling point for this movie is go see Jessica's performance, which Mm -hmm. I totally am on board with. Yeah. But I'm sure, based on the fact that she's an artist in this movie... And just some of the trauma she has to experience, I'm sure that there's a lot of artistic, like, undertones and just artistic style in this movie that I would probably like and give it a little bit of a higher score, which is why I gave it a six. Because my downfalls, I would say, are, yes, the story's horrible, but I know that, you know, some humans have to experience that amount of horribleness. 
And so I'm not faulting it for that as much as that makes me turned off to want to watch it. It's not that I'm saying that people don't experience this, but the level to which they just kept shoving in my face that she's pretty and her life is hard because of that is just bothering me because... And of course, you know, she went through the foster care system and regardless of what you look like or what your life ends up being like, bad shit can happen to you. But just the fact that every time something was going well, the plot had to say, no, she's just, she's pretty and stupid and therefore she gets fucked over. And I'm just not really okay with it constantly going back to that. And that, I would say, is the biggest turnoff for me. That's okay because I rated this a 6.5. Mm-hmm. Highly because of Jessica's performance. I mean, you guys, it's her feature film debut and she just commits. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, don't, I won't say much further on that but like she came out you know guns a blazing and no wonder she has the career that she has now and she says it's luck a lot of the time and I just think it's pure talent yeah and I really did like the movie I really did I had a good time watching it it is devastating but it has enough ebb and flow that you know you think she's on the right track but then she's not and that's really heartbreaking Uh, but ultimately the plot is not very exciting I think that that's one of the biggest downfalls of the film is that it's a little bit predictable. Although I was caught sometimes, you know, thinking, oh, she's going to turn Brad down and then she's married suddenly. Yeah. But what I think is the most interesting about this film from a direction standpoint is that it's based on the book that's based on the song. Mm -hmm. And in the song, Jolene is the antagonist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's taking somebody's man. She's beautiful, unlike the person who sings the song. Yeah. If you think about it. And in this, we get to have Jolene full of humanity and, and devastation and woes. And I think that it's just a really interesting way to yeah. um, transplant it. Cool, guys. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks Thank for, you for doing explaining. that. I, yeah. I know how much you love her. I do. And and I, I always project. like. I always my, all my single episodes are movies that are bad, and I really like this one. Oh good! <laughs> oh, I'm so, glad you really liked it. Yeah. yeah, I think it got rated the highest for sure of what she's explained. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey. <laughs> all right. Well, to close the episode, what do you uh, recommend this week, and what are you adding to your watch list? Okay, so for my watch list, adds the Imitation Game. Oh, cool. I've cool. never seen it. Yee. I've seen a lot of clips of it. I really like to watch it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, aside from what we already talked about, this movie coming out in December 1917 is a wartime movie. Shut up. And I'm so excited. Is that of yours? It's on my watch list because oh. guess who's the cinematographer? Who? Roger Deakins. Oh, oh cool. Who works with Denise. Yeah. Oh, yes. I, I just, I know I'm going to love it. Yes. I know I am. And then my recommendation is, because we talked a little bit about it uh, last episode, It Chapter 2, because it stars <laughs> Jessica Chastain. Love it. And I really did like it. I want to see it again with my sister if I can. And I just I just thought she did a really good job. You're so oh. in love. Yes. Alrighty, so mine is a little bit of a curveball. This is because of last week's episode, but also because this has been on my tentative watch list for a while, mm-hmm. and I'm still, like, afraid but I'm putting it on there. Jacob's Ladder. No. <laughs> I've never seen it. You guys are stealing everything from my Was watch Was that really on your watch list? Jeez. What is that? 
It's starring uh, Tim Robbins, and it's like a like a horror, like psychedelic thriller. Uh, but it looks like is that really on there? That's hilarious. I'm having to scroll back through what I <laughs> find. That's crazy. I thought that was like really a shot in the dark. Okay. Um, yeah, I've like I've had it on my watch list tentatively for a while, but I thought it was too scary looking. But now that we've talked about him so much, I'm like, I'm going to watch that snack in a different movie. <laughs> I'm going to, I'll watch that snack with you. Yeah, cool. Let's watch it together. Great. Um, and then my recommendations, I'm going to talk about it before I tell you what it is, because I don't want you guys to yell at me before I get to say it. Aw, we're not going to yell at you. You can say the yell at me. We won't yell at you. Okay, what is it? No, you I'm going to talk about it first. Okay. <laughs> Just know that I, I trust you and I won't yell at you. Oh, I don't know if you should trust me for this. Okay, so this movie, I've seen it a few times. Every time I was young, like pre-high school, I like this look on Kimmy's face. She's trying to guess what I'm saying. That's I mean, relevant it to this movie. Future? No, no, no. Yeah, yes, but you said I've seen this a few times, and I saw like a twinkle in your eye. I was like, what no, is no, she no, saying? literally only a few times. <laughs> it's a musical. It's a lot of fun, but I don't know how like high of quality it would hold up. It's really like you just need to be there for it if you're trying to have a good time and be like. Fuck men. Oh we my can gosh, do what we want. Be cabaret. No, it's nine to five. <laughs> nine to five. Starring Dolly. Starring. Starring Dolly Parton. You oh. know what's funny is I said the words cabaret, but I meant burlesque. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I was so grumpy. I was like, uh, "Don't you dare say cabaret!" But in no, my mind, I was picturing burlesque. It's nine to five. Partying movie. Starring Jane Fonda, Dolly no, Parton. That's, that's good for you. And I had no I had no idea you'd seen that. Why I has have. anyone seen that? Because I've seen all the old shit. <laughs> okay, so like, if you haven't seen it and you're just looking to like relax and not really think that much about your movies and like kind of yell at the men on the screen about being bigots, you're gonna love it. Oh great! Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you seem really passionate about it. Thank you, <laughs> Corny. Uh, so for my watch list, I'm adding an Amy Adams movie that um, is uh, one that I have not seen. That is classic literature, because Jolene, I'm just feeling that with, like, your book stuff and all that. Mm -hmm. uh, I haven't seen On the Road yet. You haven't seen that? Oh, I didn't no. know she was in that. She's in that with Kristen Stewart. And I'm waiting to, to watch it until I've read the book. I'm going through, like, classics phase. My, my main goal, oh, I guess maybe this is more pressing on my watch list, but... I'm reading In Cold Blood right now. Oh, and then sick. I want to read Capote? The, yes. So then I want to watch the Capote movie with Philip Seymour Hoffman. Mm. Uh, Have you seen that? No, oh, I've I never have. seen it. Oh, and scary, and what? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what to expect from it. I, I uh, rented a movie recently, and then the... I love watching DVD trailers, gang. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're just transported to another time. Totally. And then to my um, recommendations list... This is a movie that's that's somewhat of a person's journey. It's definitely over a couple of years. It it hurts to watch. It, it hurts does. to watch, but it's a great one. It's Martha Marcy May Marlene. I I love Elizabeth Olsen. I love any story that has to do with surrounding a cult because that's just so fascinating to me of like what people have been indoctrinated to do. And with this movie, it is it, it's a lot to take in. But I the whole time you were describing Jolene, I felt it. So uh, mm -hmm. please. Watch Martha Marcy May Marlene with Elizabeth Olsen. That's it for today, folks. Next week, uh, Kimmy and I will be explaining all of the movie Ready or Not to Courtney. We gotta get in those theater seats before it leaves. Yeah. Hurry. Hurry, hurry. Yeah. <laughs> Are you ready or not?